Well, hello, Toowoomba. Welcome to a special edition of Talkin' Toowoomba, featuring the Toowoomba Chamber of Commerce Merrill Debate Breakfast at Picnic Point on Tuesday the 10th of March 2020. This midweek edition is in partnership with the Chamber of Commerce. The following is an unedited recording of the event to provide you with the views of the Merrill candidates in regards to small business. So good morning everyone. Please continue eating your breakfast um, as we have a range of formalities to go through um, before we get cracking. Um, firstly, can I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which we meet and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Before we get started, um, many forget the advocacy is one of the core um, of Chambers' um, roles, not just here in Toowoomba or in Queensland or nationally, but around the globe. And that's where Chambers started in the first place, is to advocate for small business. Today I'd like to also particularly welcome Talking Toowoomba, because a lot of you may not know that they will be recording and subsequently podcasting this event free to everyone throughout the region, through their website and through ours. So before we get started, I'll welcome the President up, President um, Harrison Humphreys, to do a welcome. Thank you. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's my pleasure to welcome you uh, to this important event in the lead-up to the local government election on the 28th of this month. May I extend a special welcome to the three candidates running for Mayor of the Toowoomba Regional Council, Douglas, Chris and Paul. The Toowoomba Chamber of Commerce is an independent, not-for-profit organisation which advocates on behalf of local businesses to local, state and federal government to ensure our business community has a voice. We proudly host an extensive program of networking events which provide our members with a platform to maximise growth and a suite of professional development opportunities to enhance their skills. Small business is a big deal. The Chamber would like to see a turbocharged region so businesses expand and more money flows through the local economy. The Toowoomba Chamber has sought the views of its members and the broader Toowoomba business community in an effort to shape and influence local policy for the benefit of the local business community. With input from that community, the Chamber has identified five key priorities for the next Toowoomba Regional Council Mayor and councillors to assist small business. Reducing red tape, putting local procurement first, an incentive scheme for small business, delivery of more major infrastructure and revitalisation of the CBD. We will continue to advocate strongly to ensure the voice of business is heard. Thank you all for coming along this morning. I wish Douglas, Chris and Paul all the very best with their campaigns and on the 28th of March. Uh, thank you, Harrison. So also I'd like to do some official um, acknowledgements, uh, acknowledge um, President Humphreys and the Chamber Board who are with us this morning. I'd also like to acknowledge the presence of the three mayoral candidates. Welcome, and I appreciate and I'm grateful for your attendance, along with um, other councillors that are here this morning, Councillor Joe Ramia, 
Councillor Jeff McDonald, Councillor James O'Shea, Councillor Bill Carl, Councillor Megan O'Hara Sullivan, which I see there. Thank you. And of course, to the Toowoomba Regional Council CEO, Brian Pigeon, welcome. It's also important that, you know, the Chamber couldn't do its work without its sponsors. So, officially, like to well, acknowledge our, cham our Chamber's foundation partner, the University of Queensland, Platinum sponsors, Burnoff Properties. And we are also very excited to, be up with, to continue our negotiations with the Heritage Bank in relation to the Business Excellence Awards. And hopefully we'll have an announcement about that in the coming months. I'd like to thank our corporate sponsors also that are here today, TAFE Queensland and the Toowoomba World Camp Airport. So how will this happen? The uh, mayoral candidates um, were advised yesterday on how this will run out. So each candidate will have eight minutes to speak about their vision for Toowoomba and in, in, in particular small business. They'll be able to respond within that eight, eight minutes about the identified 17 commitments prepared in consultation with the business community and identify any other commitments they wish to make to small business. With a minute to go, a bell will ring for each candidate to provide some concluding statements. Now, after all three candidates have spoken, we'll invite them all to the stage where they'll all be provided with three minutes to respond to any of the other candidates' election platforms. The... the Questions will then be followed by me as moderator. We have received a number of questions from the business community generally, which I have um, in my run sheet here. And then anyone in the room can ask a question of any candidate. The idea from then is um, after question time, we'll invite all three candidates to come up and sign their accountability agreements that the Chamber delivered to them yesterday um, in the presence of our President, Harrison Humphreys, and we'll go from there. So some expe expectations. I expect all mayor candidates might have different views and will respect those views and opinions. I expect that we'll all let each other finish their statements and I expect us all to focus on policy matters, not personal matters. Now as the moderator, unfortunately for the mayoral candidates, I get to decide um, if matters are out of hand or not, but I'm pretty sure after meeting them all this morning that that won't happen. Um, and so, let the debate commence. So there's, it's going to be a random choice of who goes first. So can I ask the president, can come and choose a name out of the... Out of the Lou will be the timekeeper. And the first candidate to provide the eight minutes is Chris. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Todd. And could I also pay my respects to the traditional owners of the land in which we meet, the Gaibal and Jarawa people. And it's particularly significant that where we are meeting here today on our escarpment, and I want to acknowledge the stewardship of the land that they have shown to, the, to our escarpment over decades and centuries before European settlement. Good morning and thanks for the opportunity to introduce myself to the Chamber this morning. And as you may be aware, this isn't my first dance. We've been here before. These days I'm usually introduced as the founder of the successful Save Mount Lofty community group. But like the Mayor, this is not my first appearance. My wife Janet and I moved back to Toowoomba in 1987 
to raise our family here in my father and my grandfather's hometown. I worked as a lawyer, as some of you will know, in Toowoomba from 87 to 2013. Aside from the year of 1994, that was a big year, we took our young family to go and live in Toowoomba's sister city in Japan. I then resumed my legal career back in Toowoomba, including running my own litigation practice here for many years, and that gave me significant experience with dealing with all levels of government. As you probably recall, I was the Labor candidate for Groom against Ian McFarlane in 2007 and 2010 federal elections. Those were the days. 11% swing against Ian in 2007. He, he never lets me forget about 2010, though. In 2013, I finished up legal practice in Toowoomba to volunteer as a lawyer to work on various Australian foreign aid projects in the Pacific. And I also completed my Master of Laws degrees in domestic violence, in the operation of domestic violence legislation across the Pacific in my research thesis. This work away from Toowoomba, away from Australia, gave me a, a significant opportunity to really reflect on the privileged position and the marvellous opportunities available to us here in Toowoomba. When you're living in a, in a first world country, just on a, on a, in a third world country, just on our doorstep, it is a sobering experience, but you do spend a lot of time focusing on the challenges that we have back here. Over the last three years, I've run the Save Mount Lofty campaign against what everyone apparently, even uh, our federal member, accepts. It was a bizarre proposal for a massive residential development just up there on Toowoomba's fire-prone uh, escarpment. We've now saved 360 hectares of critical koala habitat and we launched our concept plan for that land last Saturday. Now the koalas are safe, you'll be pleased to know, safe from the bulldozers, but DHA still wants to build some houses, so we'll deal with that in, in due course. It's been this Save Mount Lufty campaign that has highlighted for me the glaring flaws in the operation of different levels of government in our community. This has driven me to pursue the necessary change in our local government by nominating to be Toowoomba's next mayor. Any proposal, any residential development proposal that starts with the developer and the local council signing a deed of confidentiality simply to stop residents from knowing about the development must be a fundamental concern. Mount Lofty residents have suffered significant losses in the values of their land and their homes as a result of this failure in council transparency. To date, my mayoral campaign has focused on the need for the next council administration to display full transparency in all dealings with residents and developers. No more deeds of confidentiality. No more backroom deals. And here's a thought. Let's actually have our councillors keep minutes of their meetings and disclose those those minutes in real time to the community so that we can regain the confidence and trust of the community who, with whom we represent. Mine is not a single issue campaign though. I offer a clear alternative strategy to many of the challenges facing our community, including the small business community represented here this morning. For example, I fail to see why the Toowoomba Regional Council continues to fund the Toowoomba and Surat Basin Enterprise Organisation to the tune of half a million dollars annually 
to the exclusion of other important local advocacy, advocacy groups. The Darling Downs Environment Council and your Chamber of Commerce both perform arguably more important advocacy work and should get to share in that council advocacy funding. The principal challenge that I see us facing in the Toowoomba region over the next four to 20 years is how we manage the expected population growth in our region, given, given the limited and ex existing and future rate base and the never-ending demands that growth brings for more infrastructure development. We're living in difficult times. We've had drought, we've got a total lack of business confidence, We've had the major job losses that were reported in the region late last year, a slowing economy. We have significant social problems in our community and always we'll have the random issues that will come along and challenge us, like the uh, coronavirus and then yesterday's massive stock market sell-off. They're challenges that, that we face. There is a perception in Toowoomba that we have, in the Toowoomba region, an, an older population, an older demographic. But our median age, and I'll ask you to put a figure on it, the median age in the Toowoomba region is the same, close to the same as the national median average of 38 years. That means that we already have a solid base in the community in that demographic age to work in our community, go on contributing rates to the council consistently over future years. As a council, we've got to remain agile and nimble in our negotiations with business and all levels of government so we get our fair share of funding to meet this growth. Council shouldn't shy away from having hard discussions with developers and potential investors to let them know that they're welcome here in our region but they'll need to pay their own way. I say that in the context of the Fernley cancellation of their development at Westbrook that was reported in this morning's Chronicle. You've got to have, sometimes you've got to have some hard discussions with developers, and I'm prepared to do that. I don't think so. I've got a lot more to say. I say well done to the Chamber for publishing your list of business priorities for local government elections. That, that's a, a, a good start. And uh, if those of you that uh, were here with Bernard Salt um, late last year will see a lot of the same uh, proposals coming forward. I also see your candidates... Uh, accountability agreement, well done, good try, and we'll, I think I've addressed some of those issues in my speech already. Ian McFarlane used to call me a bull at a gate, his bull at a gate, I think he said. I prefer to be called what Mount Lofty people now call me, their dog in the fight, fiercely protecting their bone. I'm sure you'll see this morning to my answers that I have the vigour, the experience and the forward vision to lead the Toowoomba Regional Council, I'll be your dog in the fight for the next four years. I ask you, is now really the time to reward our current Mayor with a final lap of honour? No, I say we need to start now with a necessary change and I represent that change. I look forward to your questions. Thanks, Chris. Okay, who's the next cab off the rank? Doug, come up, mate. Please welcome Doug up. 
Good morning, everyone. I'd like to thank the traditional owners of this land, too. Well, my name's Douglas Dowell. I grew up in Townsville, went for a working holiday around Australia, and settled out in Oakey. Or actually, Hayden first, then Oakey. I was a dump operator at Hayden for approximately nine years until it was closed. And that's about all about me anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's the boring stuff. Um, what I'd like to... My vision for Toowoomba is to keep the regional towns going with their small business by not shutting down everything and moving everything away like what's getting done at the moment. Also, to repair roads and repair them properly, not just dump a bit of dirt in it and a bit of bitumen over the top and that's it. And without getting to the eight minutes, <laughs> um, pretty well everything's been said, but the Save Mount Lofty Housing Department, um, Defence Department, I don't think it should go ahead. It should remain there for the koalas. And all the Defence wants to do is dump the ground because it needs, it's all contaminated. Wants to dump it on Toowoomba so that they've got years of money to be spent on it, which can be spent in the local communities. And that's about it for me. It's a short eight minutes, but and just to stop wasting money on unnecessary projects. Yes, I agree with the fast rail to Toowoomba, but to be funded by state and federal government, not to be wasted by waste money on by the tax other. Uh, Great payers of Toowoomba. And that's about it. Thanks for that, Doug. And now we can, I guess, I know who the third one is. So, uh, <laughs> Paul, <laughs> if you'd like to come forward and... I promise I won't have, yeah, I promise I won't have another coughing a fit, so come up, Paul. Uh, thank you very much, Todd, and it's, an op it's great to, that you've organised this, and can I recognise the work that the Chamber does, but also the cooperative work they do right across the spectrum. I heard TSBE mentioned before, well, the work that's been done by TSB has been amazing, the cooperation I see with the Chamber, with all levels of business has provided tremendous opportunity for this community. Can I recognise my council colleagues, the candidates who are here, Chris and Douglas, and can I recognise also our senior staff? I come from a farming family who uh, live in the Captain's Mountain area. I was educated at the Captain's Mountain State School, followed by five years at the Queensland Agricultural College, graduating as a 19-year-old, and I began my local government career over 30 years ago when I started as a divisional representative in the Mulmerin Shire Council. 
In 2000 and 2020, uh, sorry, in 2000, I was elected the Mayor of Milmerin and I held that position in 2008 when we had amalgamation. I stood in that first election and I was very buoyed by the result that I got and I became the Deputy Mayor of the Toowoomba Regional Council. In 2012, I challenged for that job and I became the Mayor, have been elected ever since. We believe that we are in an area that's had tremendous progress in the last eight years. In fact, anyone who wants to analyse what's happened in this community with things like airports, bypasses and many other things, you'll find there's a lot happened. I'll address some of your questions and I'll particularly address red tape. You know, we are constantly committed as a group of councillors to make sure that we reduce red tape and make things easier for those who are working to do things in our community. But there's an overarching Local Government Act, of course, which does provide some difficulty. It depends on the interpretation at any time of delivery. But when it comes to planning matters, yes, there are pre-lodgement meetings and they are just so very essential when it comes to moving forward on all those sort of things. The new planning scheme will certainly address much of the red tape issues and that will be in the hands of the new council when it's elected. The second question that you put up there is about local procurement. And can I quote January's figures? 64% of local procurement came from the Toowoomba Regional Council area, 14% from South East Queensland, 15% from the rest of Queensland, and 7% only outside that. We do have a waiting to encourage local, produce local people to actually provide our services. When it comes to small business, there's significant support from TRC by way of grant from time to time to help small business, particularly in the regions where there clearly is a problem and that's been identified. <clears throat> if I'm elected this time, I'll be putting a council a proposition of trying to build resilience in those small communities. There's not, we do not have the broad economy that Toowoomba has in those small regions. And I'd be suggesting that some $5 million per year be allocated from our budget together with state and federal government money to make absolutely sure that we can actually get things happening. Tourism is one of the great hopes of that region. When it comes to the infrastructure pipeline, well, stop and have a look. Have a look at the bypass, have a look at the airport, but have a look at the fast train, the 45-minute region. That came out of collaborative working together by the Council of Mayors in South East Queensland of which I am Deputy Mayor, Deputy Chair. A rail alliance was formed between Ipswich, Gatton, or the Lockyer Regional Council and ourselves in an effort to make absolutely sure that that 45-minute region does not fall off the agenda and we make sure that when the city deals is done and that 50-odd, $57 billion of investment in infrastructure is made by state, federal and local government right across southeast Queensland, that we get the benefit. That will certainly mean a great boost for tourism. And bodies like Comsec, a grouping of mayors that represents one in seven Australians, has significant political clout. When it comes to water security, let's talk about the Wyvernhoe pipeline and the group of mayors that are working together from Western Downs, Southern Downs, Lockyer Valley, ourselves, together with the Tenterfield Council, talking about a future water grid that crosses the border and gives us water security in the years to come. 
the, the Warwick pipeline issue has been changed by us and by Toowoomba Regional Council and by me particularly to talk about a water grid. Why would we not talk about a water grid? And of course the Premier of Queensland is pretty happy about that. When it comes to a stadium that you've suggested in your request, if we get the Olympic Games, once again, another proposition put by the cooperative work that's being done by Comsec, we will have to have a 20,000-seat stadium here. The state government is looking at the Athletic Oval, Berghopper Stadium. Uh, we are hoping that we will be able to continue to build or begin to build that wonderful sporting complex that's in our minds out in the Charlton area. We have the land. Improve public transport. That's regards That depends very heavily on population and we're struggling to get the numbers up to make that really worthwhile. But the fifth question you did ask was about CBD revitalisation. Can I tell you, because of the CBD master plan, and there has been over the last 10 years, $800 million invested in the CBD. Okay, a big chunk of that came with the Grand Central. But there's also two hotels. One's nearly finished. The other one is well and truly operational. There's the flood mitigation work, which is very significant, which makes a profound difference to that area. So we've got a lot of things happening there. Your suggestion of an advisory group outside of council, fine. Quite happy to work with them as we make sure that this improves. When you talk about parking solutions, Grand Central have got 2,500 parks and they're actually dragging shoppers away to their area. Councillor James O'Shea and I have been talking to a number of external investors. We have the land. We have the infrastructure capabilities of reducing the infrastructure charges by a million dollars if anyone wants to do it. We want it to happen. So we are looking at ways that we can do it. And yes, that was one of those pre-meetings that you have to go to, you have to have a discussion, and you have to make absolutely sure that you can get somewhere with it. So the Civic Square, we are looking at building a new building that's in the planning stages at the moment that would certainly be a big boost to the CBD. Ladies and gentlemen, I assume that was a one-minute bell? Good. Uh, there's been some tremendous achievements in the last eight years. There's absolutely no doubt about that. When you look at things like the airport, the Pilots Academy, this economy here is absolutely bouncing. The responsibility of each and every one of us who sit around the table soon will be up $4.5 billion responsibility in infrastructure, uh, over a half a billion dollar budget, and we really need to be sure that we understand the complexities of all that. We will continue to advocate for this community. We'll continue to advocate for the, with the mayors from southwest Queensland, which is a grouping I've started, and we will continue to advocate for better funding from the federal government, which dropped from 1% to 0.55% in recent times. I absolutely commit myself to the next four years and I will continue to work as hard as I've been working for this community, which is a seven-day job for me. Thank you. Thanks for that, Paul. So um, now we'll have uh, responses. So you've got three minutes to respond to any of the previous questions. So, Chris, do you want to...? Yeah, yeah, of course. Come up here, then you can sit up there and then we'll do questions from there, yeah? Okay, I think we need a bit of realism in this debate and to say that our economy at the moment in our region is bouncing is just a total misrepresentation of the facts. 
I don't want to sound negative, but I think we've got to be realistic. And that's what an election is, if you really think about it. It's every four years we, we take an audit. We, ha- we have an account of our performance and where we're going as a, as a community and then decide on who's best place to move forward and uh, to take our, our council forward over the next four years. So let, let's be upfront. The QCC, CCIQ Suncorp report on business confidence gave a, a pretty damning uh, assessment of business confidence throughout our state. And I understand from Todd, you're, uh, in your interview or podcast the other day, you said that you're still waiting for the Toowoomba-specific report. But uh, across Queensland, we've got the lowest reading of business sentiment on record for the second consecutive month. Sales declined due to s- subdued consumer confidence. 58% of businesses reporting cost increases. One half of businesses reporting deterioration in bottom line. Business decreased staffing levels to five-year lows. So, and in Toowoomba, we haven't got the reporters yet, but we know that we've got had significant job losses last year with the end of the Toowoomba bypass project, the ongoing drought and poor business sediment. Now, let's wait for that to flow through to our local real estate market there and really assess where this community is bouncing for everyone. It may be bouncing for, for this community here, that's represented here. I really hope that it does because I want to work with you with small business. But let's not forget the rest of the community out there, the ratepayers that are struggling to pay their mortgages and they cannot accept uh, any more increases in rates and other charges in the, in the years ahead. And that's what's going to come if we take a cavalier approach to all this, in, all this infrastructure development. We, unless we are careful to ensure that we're getting significant contribution from state and federal governments. That surely could not be three minutes, Todd. Oh, that's a relief. I've got so much more to say. Okay, let's, um, let's just reflect then on the, the, uh, the, the real plans going forward. If, if you go back to what Bernard Salt was said here in the middle of last year, he reported to us all these different projects that he saw the need for us to invest in and get investment into this region. Why? Because he was concerned that we would not receive the population growth that we need to support the necessary infrastructure into the future. Why? He said that we're presently the 17th largest regional centre, largest centre in Australia, but in 20 years' time we'll become the 19th largest centre. So, in fact, our level of growth, our projected level of growth, will not support the cost of all this infrastructure. Our major responsibility as a council is to provide the services to our ratepayers. Hopefully I'll get more questions on that in the minutes ahead. That could not be three minutes, Todd. That's terrible. (laughs) Doug, would you like to come up and... You know, you want to just come and have a seat then for questions? And so um, Doug's declined, Paul, to make a response. So I'll get Doug to grab a pew. And Paul, if you got, we'll give you three minutes to respond. Well, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd uh, certainly be very proud that we're part of Toowoomba. And I want to just tell you a few things about our economy here. Our economy is broken in the TRC regional area through $11 billion. billion in our economy here, underpinned, of course, by the stability of health and education, the major employers in this region. We have had economic growth in this area for 10 years at a level of 3.9% average. 
Can anyone tell me any other regional area in Australia that's done better than that? I can assure you it's the breadth of our economy, it's the entrepreneurs who are investing, it's the people who are coming here and want to come here to live. Now, I heard uh, in the last few days that uh, real estate is stuffed in Toowoomba. So I took some time yesterday and I had the company of Joe Ramier to talk to the senior executives of Ray White in town here. And uh, the story that I heard is there's 4,000 houses on the market and no one wants to buy. Well, the story is different. There are plenty of buyers coming to Toowoomba. There are plenty of buyers. And Ray White, uh, who sell real estate, cannot get enough houses to list. They would, could list plenty more, and they're selling 35 or 40 houses a month. I'm not taking a cavalier approach to this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm taking a very strong, stable approach. This community is worth fighting for. That's why we've done what we've done. The very first meeting I had soon after I was elected mayor in 2012 was with some members of the press of that time, and I told them one thing. I'm going to be positive about this community, you can call it lucky, you can call it blessed, you can call it whatever you like. But we're fortunate to live in this place, one of the best economies in Australia, regionally, one of the best places to live regionally, and I'm not going to sell it down. There are 85,369 jobs in this region, and the statistics that I have showed me that the growth in jobs in this area was 1.72% in the fiscal year where we went through $11 billion GRP. We've got 1% growth in population. We've got 1.72% increase in jobs. There are people coming from, men, from far away to make sure that they can, in fact, live in this place and work in this place. So I'm sticking by Toowoomba. I'm going to be positive for Toowoomba. I look forward to doing that for the next four years. Thanks, Paul. And can I thank all uh, mayoral candidates for your insightful words this morning. Now, questions. Does anyone have a burning question from the audience? Come on, there must be. Don't be, don't be shy. Yeah, don't be shy, Jeff. Could you just introduce yourself and then uh, ask the question? Jeff McDonald, life member of the Tilbury Chamber. Chris, you go first. Let me just pass the mic down the line. Yeah, I, I think it's important to really see the key to development of and prosperity of regional areas. And once again, don't, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest fan of Bernard Salt, but he, he did give some really interesting insights into the keys to achieve prosperity going forward. And his major point was getting alignment with our community. We have to be focused this isn't particularly working, but never mind. Can everyone hear me anyway? No, it's working. Right, I can't hear it. Okay, you, we need to get an alignment in our community. Everyone's got to sign off on where we're going, understand what the plan is, and, and move move towards 
together, all parts of the community working towards that goal. The, the real concern that I have is that we're not, as a, as a community here, taking our, the, the council here, not taking our community with us to explain the challenges that we have in funding all this infrastructure that's coming forward. I, I, as an example of that, just recently prior to his retirement, uh, Councillor Mike Williams, the finance chair, had to come out and explain the basis of the water access charges on, on our rates because there is a perception that now that, that the, the, the Wivenhoe pipeline had been paid off and that there wasn't any more call on those funds and so we shouldn't have that, that, uh, that charge on our rates. Well, I think that's an example of where the community, it doesn't and hasn't been told, hasn't been shared with the, the community, the real cost of this uh, future growth in our community. That we, we have to, they have to appreciate that we have significant decaying assets through our water and sewage systems that will need renewal and replacement over, over their lives. And that's a major financial commitment and, and something that the community has to be aware of so that they support us in, in our plans. Thanks, Chris. That, that goes to transparency too. We have to be consistent with our community so we get that alignment. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Doug? Yeah, well, all I want to say is that to stop wasting money on things that aren't really necessary and get on with things that, like, fix things what you got instead of... And the pipeline, well, I disagree. It should be paid off by now for the simple reason. They, you, when you ask them, or well, I ask them the free of information, I've got a whole heap of different... Figures that doesn't even add up. My calculator must be broken, but there again. Um, they say, when you ask, actually on the phone, ask what you're doing with the money, they say, oh, it's for infrastructure. Well, isn't the pipeline infrastructure? And when you're having a new suburb built, the people have to, the subdividing have to pay for their own infrastructure. And the council have also got money that they got to pay to the council for in the structure. So that just doesn't wash with me. Sorry. But once you got rid of get rid of all your debts, you can move forward and you know clearly what you're spending. Thanks, Doug. And Paul? Well, uh, we have a, a group called the Queensland Treasury Corporation looking over our shoulder. And I just want to thank uh, Arun Patrap, who's one of our senior managers, who's been taken offline to do service delivery review, which is once again our way of looking at making sure that we're delivering our service as well. Uh, the, if the Treasury Corporation very clearly gives us an awful lot of advice. And yes, it is true that they're controlling our financial uh, efforts to some extent, but they're telling us that the pipeline and the, all the water system in Toowoomba, the sewage system, is actually underfunded. It's decaying. And we don't have a choice. What would you rather? No water, no sewage, or pay the rates? And so they've, they've advised us to go forward with increasing that. The, if there was something that was misinterpreted by this community, and I was involved at the time, the pipeline from Wyvernhoe, it was clearly spelt out that we were getting the extra money, access fee, to fund the water business in Toowoomba. 
It was spelt out. But it was one of those things that people did not want to hear. And okay, we may have failed in getting that message out. But the truth really is that we have an underfunded water system and we continue to battle with that on a daily basis. Yes, we get money with every block of land that's uh, developed here. And the, in the investors who are developing that land have to also contribute to significant infrastructure. But there is a problem that I see a long-term problem, and I've been around a while in local government, and that is we are not getting our share out of the state and federal government when it comes to building infrastructure. They are not doing it. We were getting 1% of the tax take. It's dropped now to 0.55% of the tax take. If you know something of local government, you'll find that local government all over Australia is working very, very hard, advocating to get that increased. We are the community builders. We know what has to be built next and we need that support. We don't need it in a competitive way. We need to know sure, for sure, that if we're going to build something, that money will flow our way from the federal and state government. Thanks, Paul. I'm, I'm assuming that from an infrastructure point of view, um, is one of the key commitments that we've made, that you'd all agree that you'll advocate and work with stakeholders to deliver faster rail, to deliver water security, to deliver a stadium or to deliver in, um, improved public transport. Would that be a correct statement by myself? Well, they're the things I've been advocating for for the last eight years, my friend. Great, so Doug. I'm on side. Great, Doug. Yes, that's right. I'm on side. Chris? Yeah, the, the city stadium's a really interesting uh, challenge. Back in 2005, 2006, when I was the federal candidate here, we really, we really worked hard on the Clyde Park uh, proposal to, to develop the, the state hockey centre there and to use the the area now that's taken by Blue Scope Steel and, and Tilly's tractor parts to, to develop all that land into a what would have been at that stage a greenfield site. So that just shows that the the foresight and the the long term planning that is necessary to achieve these projects. It's it's just too late now to really think about uh, having a development such as a large stadium in, in an area such as the Athletic Oval. And to hear that this morning from the Mayor is, is a real concern. If, if we've, we've talking here about congestion in the CBD, the parking problems that would come from a stadium a proposal at Athletic Oval just shows a total lack of understanding of, of what is necessary. Go to Townsville and see that they had to have a greenfield site to enable their stadium to have the access of, of transport, to have the, the parking access, to, to have a facility available for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Thanks, Chris. Just, I'll let Paul answer, but and you might have read an article that yeah. I wrote that uh, recently about stadiums um, and also universities. So to, uh, Townsville is a great example where a university was placed in the suburbs and a stadium was placed in the suburbs and 20, 10 to 20 years later... Those are being rebuilt in the city centre to revitalise the city centre. So it's, it'll be an interesting debate, which no doubt will go on before, for much longer than today, but I'll give Paul the right of response in terms of Chris' question. The proposition's being put to uh, build the Athletic Oval to a, to a major stadium is not coming from the Toowoomba Regional Council. It's coming from the state government. Our plan, I guess, and there's no decision being made, but my personal view is if we're going to build a major stadium, why would you not build it at Charlton, right out there on the, on the bypass, uh, so that people can, that becomes a significant regional bit of infrastructure. That's how, and I, this decision hasn't been made, but it's very interesting 
but the athletic oval is being pushed at this stage by the state government. Thanks, Paul. The, the CBD and the Chamber will look at that in the future. Has anyone else? I need another question from the audience. Yes, sir. Uh, Shane Egan, you've heard from me already. But I, I think uh, the council really needs to look at that problem of fire in the scarlet. And I would like to hear uh, where we are with that. And I'd like to see it. And the new council really address, and I'm talking about Matt Lofty, I'm talking about here everywhere, uh, about the maintenance of that. So, Shane, it's, a, it's an important question. I'll give, uh, but this really want to focus on small business initiatives today. It's a very important question, so I'll give you 10 seconds to respond. If anyone wants oh, to respond, well, 20 seconds. It's a very important issue that has to be resolved. We know all the issues nationally, very important issues, so, but I do want us to focus on small business. I understand completely what you're saying about the escarpment, the danger that we face there. Drive around Prince Henry Heights and you'll, you know, your heart will miss a beat uh, simply because of the danger there. We, uh, state government, Private landowners and TRC have not been aggressive enough when it comes to reducing the amount of fire hazard that's on the ground out there. We must do it, and I think we've seen what happened in southern Australia, and those people who preserved that land and did nothing with it are totally responsible for the millions and millions of animals that have been burnt, including kangaroos and koalas and many other things. They're the ones that should step up to it, the people who won't burn during the wintertime. I would rather our two or 300 volunteers in the rural fire service around here, out fighting, uh, out backburning in the wintertime than fighting a dangerous fire in the November, December, January period. Thanks, Paul. I think everyone's nodding in uh, vigorous agreement. Doug, that was a long 10 seconds, Paul. I don't agree with backburning because I've seen plenty of backburning actually get away and do more yeah, damage. And... I reckon the landowners themselves should be getting out there cleaning up the undergrowth. And if it's still possible, put cattle, horses, whatever, to keep it trampled all down. Well, they haven't been doing it. That's the problem. Chris? Maybe because the uh, council won't let them. Once again, I'll throw the ball to uh, the state government. The state government gives the permit. Right. Uh, I, sorry to disagree with you, Todd, but it clearly is an issue relevant, relevant to small business. Just imagine the tragedy that would happen if, in fact, an escarpment fire reoccurred like we had in 2002, where they said, east of Curzon Street, we can't help you. And at our Toom at Save Mount Lofty's Toowoomba Escarpment Bushfire Forum in February of this year, we had the experts from across Australia tell us that due to the change in the nature of fires that they saw at Binnaburra on the the hinterland of the Gold Coast, where tropical rainforest just burnt. <laughs> that the whole of Toowoomba would be at risk. So if you're looking at your businesses here and thinking what your number one risk to your bottom line is, think again. The risk of a bushfire here, the tinder dry conditions that we had in December, we just can't let happen again. And we, we've had the experience of Ravensbourne. Paul's had the experience of, of Milmerin, the tragedy out there. We just, we, we've got to be ready and nimble and agile to get that work started. What Doug said is absolutely right, is that we can't just go out there and burn this afternoon. There's a lot of preparatory work that needs to be done for the risk of that fire escaping.
So it's really important for the council to get that preparatory work done. And with respect, I know you're in caretaker mode at the moment, but what has been done between the Ravensbourne fire and going into caretaker mode to do that preparatory work? Nothing. Like the nothing has happened for the last eight years, nothing has happened since 2002 when Di Thorley that, in, the, in the Chronicle said that we needed to do backburning. Nothing's been done. Thanks. Council is the largest landholder there on the escarpment. We've got to work on this. Thanks, Chris. So, that was a long 10 seconds. <laughs> you both have something in common. So, uh, <laughs> um, so in terms of uh, let's talk about red tape. So the feedback from small business is they want some assistance to navigate the government approval process. They're complex, they're difficult, they want, they want some assistance in actually helping them to apply for grants, to do those things, because they're things that give them a leg up. So are we all committed to actually committing to investing in small business by actually assisting them in navigating the approval process? Yes. Doug, thank you, Doug. That's a yes from Doug. A round of applause, please, for Doug. Thank you, Doug. Oh. Absolutely. I get very frustrated by red tape in my own business, but also here at Council. But bear in mind that when it comes to some of that stuff, we are the protectors of the ratepayers' money, and we have to be very, very careful how we spend that money. Chris, do you want to talk to that, or are you happy to...? And, uh... Ten seconds. Ten seconds. <laughs> You're, you're tough, Doug, you're tough. Um, I saw the uh, accountability uh, agreement there and, and my concern was the $500,000 and the $100,000 that was detailed there. I totally agree with Paul that we, we've got a responsibility to spend the, the rates uh, uh, with, with, with great respect and ensure that we, we're not passing over um, significant training responsibilities uh, to the council where private industry should really be uh, very familiar themselves and train themselves as to the uh, how to navigate these these complex arrangements. That said, I think that my address did canvass that by proposing that the funding, the council funding to Tisby really should be split more evenly between the advocacy groups of our region. And from that funding, you should be able to run some pretty good courses. Todd? Thanks, Chris. I just, uh, everyone really probably understands that uh, we're very protective, our chamber, as being fiercely independent. Um, we get our money um, purely from our memberships through functions like this and, and other events um, and government grants so, and, our, and our sponsors. So these, these events like this uh, actually enable people in my team to have jobs to advocate for small business. So we are... So, we, so Chris, we, I, I, I would... I would uh, love to, I will steal your money, not steal your money. I would love you to agree to give us money, but I'm pretty sure my board will say, Todd, we're fearless, fiercely independent. And we're one of the only chambers to do that. And they're very proud of that fact. So, Todd, you opened the door there and I can't resist just jumping in. There's uh, in, no in, door in, being opened in, there. In, so our, in our negotiations for attending today, I was concerned to see that the, the chamber was taking all the proceeds from this function because previous debates that I've been involved in, there has been a donation from the, the ticketing to go to a local charity. And I think that's appropriate. 
appropriate. I think my uh, fellow candidates in the room here today would like to see a modest contribution from this event to a local charity and I would nominate the Domestic Violence Action Centre as an appropriate uh, centre for a modest donation. I appreciate the Chamber has to um, fund its operations but to use a municipal event like this uh, to fund those, it's just unfortunate that we can't have a commitment to make a charitable donation. But over to you, Todd. Thanks, Chris. I'll take that up with the board and get back to you. So let's talk about local procurement. Um, and Paul, you made a great point in your speech that you, there is no doubt, and we've been very open about um, the commitment that the Toowoomba Regional Council has in terms of procuring locally, and it's enormously increased in the past five to ten years, so congratulations there. The thing is what the members are saying is we want that split up even further. We want to understand what is the industry spend. Is it professional services? Is it the blue-collar workforce, the white-collar work? Because that's a really significant part of understanding the spend. So would you be willing to actually delve down deeper into that to report on the actual split amongst different industry types and workplaces? Well, that'll give our bureaucrats a little bit more work to do. Uh, that's okay. I'm sure that... Uh Arun, the Sorry, manager Brian. of finance, is nodding and Brian's <laughs> nodding. Uh, but we can certainly do that. That's only a matter of uh, how you record it and that will come out. But we're proud of what we've done. And we're also proud of the work we did around the, uh, the bypass where there was uh, the commitment was for 75% of that money to be spent locally. And okay, there's a bit of a question mark over locally there at times, but the reality of it was we got a tremendous amount of impetus here. The same advocacy is going in behind the scenes with the ARTC project. And I know that Tisby and yourselves, myself, we're talking about, okay, you're going to build a major project. What are the legacies for us, number one? And might I say, ARTC is looking at a, a pipeline through the tunnel in the mountain, and that's advocacy on my part, and making absolutely sure that we retain as much benefit to this community in the construction period of any major project. Chris? Yeah, once again, we've, we've got this issue of, of transparency coming to the fore. Uh, I'm all for the, the advocacy that, uh, Paul has indicated there. But as, as we know, we have to take our community with us in this journey. And if in fact we, all these things are happening, we need to have the transparency so that the community accepts that they're going to be responsibilities, they're going to be commitments on the rate base from having these, these, this infrastructure funded and, and, allocated from our, our rates base. An example of that is all the off-ramps that, um, that were council's responsibility with the, with the bypass. I haven't seen, and I don't think has been published on the, um, the council website, the, the real cost, the, the, the full life cost of that commitment to undertake that work, and that will be significant, uh, a significant drain on the rates base in the years ahead. Another example is the, the, the Mount Lofty development, of which I'm quite familiar. Uh, we, we have a proposal for the for the federal government to hand back uh, the 360 hectares of land there to to make a Toowoomba Park, and that's wonderful. But it, it does concern me that we have councils jumping with glee as to the gift from the federal government, and that really concerns me because we have to understand with the infrastructure we have long term liabilities that come with that. In relation to that that land, we have a significant decontamination 
contamination problem there. So if we get that land back from the federal government, we have to get a big check for the decontamination work and not get on our hands and knees and be so thankful to the federal government if that money's not forthcoming. Thanks, Chris. Have I got a question from the audience? Uh, Brad Patterson, um, I'm just wondering from here from all the mayoral candidates in regards to water recycling. What are your personal positions in regards to water recycling? Doug, you're not, you've got, you're sorry, mate, you've got the. Uh... Well, to water recycling, you might as well go and treat us like a mob of dogs, just go and have a drink out of the toilet. That's what I think of water recycling. It's all right for gardens and roadworks and you know, different things like that, but uh, get a uh, plant made up like Dithorley wanted to do and drink it. No thanks. I'd go thirsty. Chris? Rachel, where do I start? The, my, the start of my political life was working in Dithorley's Water Visions Project and uh, I, I just can't see us. Um, we're, we're still traumatised in our in our community as a result of that awful period of time where Toowoomba was uh, labelled um, for this um, this forward thinking proposal that that uh, would take our responsibilities for our own problems. The fact that we live on top of a hill and we're always going to have. Uh, stresses on the, our water supply. So obviously we, we need to do all we can and council has been behind the scenes, has been doing all they can in the years since uh, the water futures debacle. And I certainly in, in my administration in the Toowoomba Regional Council would be wanting to build bridges with the community and to reassure them. In my door knocking, it's just shocking to to, to say, but in my door knocking, I still meet old ladies that are boiling their water because they're fearful of the hormones that are in the water supply. Now, once again, that's transparency. We really need to work as a council to reassure the community out there that we are doing, the council is doing significant work to secure our water grid, but that the health of the community will never be at risk. And that, that's a challenge because of what we went through what is that 14 years ago now? And we've just got to make sure that we move with our community. And that's my, the big point that I'm coming back to again. We've got to get that alignment, get everyone signing off. If we're going to spend big money on, uh, on water infrastructure, which we'll need to do, take the community with us. Thanks, Chris. And Paul? Uh, well, uh, there's no doubt that that water debate was Toowoomba's darkest moment. And I think it, when you reflect on it, it was very, very poorly handled, probably by both sides, and didn't do this community one bit of good. Recycled water, no doubt, has a future in Toowoomba. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but we're one of the biggest users of recycled water when it comes to the New Ackland mine, when it comes to many other things. The, the Mormeran Power Station is using uh, recycled water. Uh, they're, they're recycling it, and that's the purpose that I see for it in the short-term future. But almost every country in the world is recycling water. In fact, there's someone from America told me it's, uh, it's recycled 13 and 14 times, which means it goes through bodies 13 and 14 times. And I think ultimately, you know, if you're building a greenfield city, would you put it right on top of a ridge 700 metres above the Wybenhoe Dam? I don't think you would. You'd probably build it close to a river as they did in the old days or somewhere handy. So recycling of water has to come in various forms. At this point in time, uh, I don't particularly think we'll be drinking it in the short term. I'm sure we won't. But sometime in the future, 
water use is going to become a critical thing. That is why we're working on the, the, the grid and the pipeline to the northern rivers of New South Wales. If we were to take less than 1%, a fraction of 1%, in fact, of the water that flows out in the Clarence River, we would have water security here for many, many years. And by the way, we've got water security here now to 2041 because of the Wyvernay pipeline. Thanks, uh, Paul. So I'll, I see Chris as I'll take one final question. It's that time before and we get the fun opportunity to see uh, what the candidates will commit to as part of the accountability agreements or if anything, nothing. So, but Chris, you want to have the last final question? Thanks. Yeah, Chris Blake, uh, I'd just like to, to know your 30-year vision. We're talking a lot about the, the short term here. Um, I'd like to, to see our leaders make decisions for the next 30 years so the next generation of former residents can, can benefit from the decisions we're making today. So what's your ideal 2050 Toowoomba look like? Well, one of the important things is we need to preserve the livability of this community and we need to preserve uh, the kind of place that it is. But we've fought, you know, we're certainly going to be working hard on water security and now's the time to do it for the next, not 30 years, but the next 50 years. We're going to be talking about how we're better connected to, to Brisbane with the fast rail, that kind of thing. But I think preserving the livability of this community, and that's multifold, there are many that are involved in that, including the bushfires, including the escarpment, including all those sort of things. I believe that if we preserve the escarpment in the way that we can and developed uh, infrastructure there around tourism, around mountain biking, around walking trails, you'll find we will be a very popular place to go. We need also to continue our connection with people west of here because we are very much the gateway to the to the southwest and that's the very reason that i put the mayors together in a group in southwest queensland so that we can work to work together everything that happens out there has an impact here uh, no look the future is particularly bright and uh, there are many people playing their part including the chamber of commerce thanks paul doug yeah well i personally i don't think i'll be here in 30 years <laughs> i like an honest politician but actually water security is the most important thing. But not only water security, affordable water security. Not just start treating everyone like a cash cow. Um, fast train, train from Brisbane, yes. Bring more tourists, spend more money, bring more people up. And no drinking toilet water. Thanks, Doug and Chris. Yeah, th thanks, Chris. And that's a, a really interesting uh, question to end this debate on. As I said earlier, the, the median age in Toowoomba is 38 years, years. And so that we need to have that vision to ensure <laughs> that we're re properly representing half the population that's out there. And that's, that's from, from what I see, is, is, gives me great confidence that we can look to the future, having the rate space available to us to afford some of these marvellous projects. Biggest supporter of the, the, uh, the bid for the Olympics in 2032. Absolutely, we, uh, as a family, we, we have a little thing about uh, Olympics and, and the, the legacy that can bring to a region. Um, 
So that's that's a really important uh, uh, focus for, for us to have. The, the major concern, once again raised, Bernard Salt's uh, uh, presentation last year, he, he identified the one stumbling block to that, uh, to, to achieving those 30-year plans, and that is to address the drift of the youth from the regional areas to the big smoke. All too often, the youth here, the talent, our talented youth, are moving from Toowoomba down to Brisbane or to the southern states. You think we've seen, we've got a problem. Think of the drift from Clifton and Yarraman and, and Milmeran into this city and further on. So that's something we really need to address if we're going to have the sort of community that is, that is attractive for people to live here. So what's the answer to that? I see it in particular being our links with the TAFE and the and USQ. We need to ensure that USQ gets the federal government funding in the faculties to enable the really talented kids, the youth that we're producing here, to be able to do their medical degrees here, their dental degrees here, and the higher engineering courses. They're the sorts of ideas that we need to ensure that we're right on top of so that we can execute on that 30-year plan. Because if we continue at the moment to have the population drift, then we'll end up, as Bernard Salt has predicted, we'll go from the 17th largest centre in Australia to the 19th largest centre in Australia. And the result of that is that we won't have the money to, to contribute to all this infrastructure that we've talked about today. We've got to be realistic about that. We've got to find that money to fund future growth. We want it and we've got to achieve it, but my, my real concern is that unless we keep our youth and kids like our children living in Brisbane and overseas, there, there wasn't an avenue for them to stay on here in our region and we've got to do better if we really want the community that we all hope for in 30 years' time. And thanks, thanks. for the opportunity. Uh, is that wrapping up, is it? Thanks, Sorry. Chris. Yep, that'll be great. Yeah. Sure. i got a couple other two. Great. Thanks, Dave. And also for also for the next yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> you took longer uh, also for the next thirty years don't shut small towns and communities down support them they're part of the region thanks Doug so thank you to the Americans the one final course of business is um, you probably all know that we've been talking about uh, accountability agreements and the three mayoral candidates. Uh, yesterday, we're given uh, the list of 17 commitments that have appeared uh, we've been advocating for on the basis of small business, who we developed, as uh, President Humphrey said earlier, through um, consultation with small business and through written submissions, verbal discussions, and some from the broader community. So it's really up to the candidates. They can either tick the boxes and commit to certain things, which um, when we want to get them back in 100 days to report on what they've done for small business, um, or they can not do it. So it's really up to you. So, Doug, what do you want to do? I'll commit to some things, but not knowing what the funds are in the council at the moment, I can't. I won't no, Doug, that's I fine. Know. If you want to just tick those and we'll, uh, whatever you want to commit to and we'll get the president to sign it. Uh, Chris, so you got, yeah, is there anything you want to commit to yeah, on the I, list? I, I totally agree with, with Doug. I think the highlight of, uh, and the focus of my presentation today is that we need to be realistic about the, uh, the available funds to commit to, to different uh, levels of infrastructure and other projects in our community. We, we haven't got a, a just an, 
a full bucket to to draw on there. So, but I have in my presentation opening indicated where that funding might be able to come from. But I certainly would not and would wouldn't dare to um, commit a future administration to to uh, such funding without really understanding what other sources of finance could be available. Yeah, that's fine, Chris. So nothing from you to sign and Paul. Well, I'm, I'm quite happy to sign it. There's a couple of areas where it's certainly going to lead to some discussion between yourself and myself and Harrison. Uh, but in saying that, uh, don't underestimate the strength of the Toowoomba Regional Council's economy. And that's not judged by us. It's, it's worked through by us and worked through by the likes of Arun and Brian. But the reality is it's been recognised by the Queensland Treasury Corporation who have a very serious set of eyes watching everything we do. Uh, I'm happy to commit to it, but there will be some discussion. Absolutely. That's conditional. We'll have that as an extra clause that you and I will both sign. Absolutely. Right. All right. Can we thank the three mayoral candidates for their time today? Um, and I'll just wrap up. So, mayoral candidates, once you've done your duties, if you want to tick some boxes or not tick some boxes, I'll give you one anyway, Chris, just in case you change your mind. I've got one here. You're right. Oh, you got one. I'll certainly be signing off on the stadium. Absolutely. Yeah, good. Good. It's good to see. All right, so Harrison will come when you're ready and he'll um, co-sign for you. So can you please um, put your hands together for the mayoral candidates? It's it was great to hear uh, what they had to say today um, and it's a very important time leading and a very important role in terms of leading a city for the next four years. So quickly in terms of wrap-up... Um, can I also thank Toowoomba Talking because, as I said at the beginning of the show, um, this is being recorded and we podcast through their website and ours sometimes later in the week. So everyone in the Toowoomba community and region can hear what their vision is for small business by all the mayoral candidates. I'm desperately looking forward to the council candidate forum today on uh, Thursday night. That should be a fun night. Uh, I see many candidates here, so thank you for your attendance and remember, we're going to the Pulse Data Centre um, for Business at Dusk this month. And if you haven't been there, um, you should go. We'll be doing tours. Um, it is super, matrix-like, uh, out of this world. So I urge you to get online. I'll speak to Lou and Deb um, and book. So in, uh, just in conclusion, can I thank um, President Harrison and the board and all the members of the Small Business and others who are here today this was all about supporting small business. As Harrison said, 50% of people are employed in small business. 98% of businesses are small businesses. It is a big deal. So thank you for your time today. This independent podcast was recorded as a community service to help inform Toowoomba residents of their options at this election for free and without financial contribution from any invested party. Our thanks to the Toowoomba Chamber of Commerce for their ongoing support and allowing us to include this event on our podcast. Until next time, see you around Toowoomba.